This is the Bob McCallum Podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Uh, I'm McCallum. That is John Shannon over there. Hello, Robert. Hello, John. You're okay today? Are you kidding me? How about yesterday? We had 10 NHL games and 11 NHL trades. I mean, it's this, uh, this has gone nuts. It's gone nuts. Well, and of course, we record this this um, this show generally late morning, generally yeah, speaking. I know. Yeah. And we had we we talked yesterday about uh, NHL trades, and we had two or three that uh, <laughs> excuse me that we talked about that actually materialized. I know, but people are you know <laughs> when people download uh, download the show and listen to it like at nine o'clock at night, they're saying. Well, it's dated. Well, you know what? We're not we're not actually radio anymore. You know, we're we're not up to date. Exactly. We, we have to deliver to Sirius XM for a certain period of time, and we have other things to do too. So, but that, but yeah, right. our 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 record our record yesterday. We talked about obviously Kane going to New York. That was the slam dunk. Eric Dahachek talked about Gavrikov and Corpusalo going to the Kings. That happened late last night. And Matias Ekholm going to the Oilers, so we we had a good batting average yesterday. Yes, we did. So time to pat ourselves on the back with it, which I think yeah. We once just in a did. while, once in a while, we were allowed to do that. Uh, baseball on the agenda today, and a most interesting guest for you. Uh, Maury Brown has been with us before on the radio show. He's from Forbes Magazine, lives in Portland, Oregon. Um, smart guy does a lot of business stuff and a lot of a lot of the uh, well, not player individual player stuff, but, but generic things. And so we're, we're going to talk to Maury about, uh, well, we'll talk about the changes that we've seen in baseball among other things. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm with it. I didn't think Are I you, would be. What? Hold on. I, I didn't think I would be, but the 15 <laughs> the, second the, pitch clock is the fantastic. Dinosaur. The dinosaur is back and he likes the game again. Shortstop on the left <laughs> side of second base and the second baseman on the right side. I, yeah. I, I love that. There's nothing I don't like about it. And the games are two, what, two and a half hours now. They've been, Boy, they fly, it seems like they fly by. And we grew up palatable. on baseball games that were that long. But yeah. boy, what a difference between two and a half and three and a half hours. Well, it is spring event. training, though, Bob. It is only spring training. I got you, but I'm not, I'm not sure that's going to change during the regular season. We'll see. I hope, I hope you're right. Maury Brown of Forbes Magazine, after this. Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the BetRivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money, anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge. Bet Rivers. Dot com. McCown and Shannon back with you. You know, I'm watching the Blue Jays pre uh, spring training game yesterday, and I've seen, I guess, three of them or so. And uh, I don't know how long it was, 
maybe two and a half hours, but it just the games seem to be zipping by, and I must say I am I am quite surprised by this. I mean, you know, I'm a guy. I think we all remember the days when Doc Holliday used to throw you know complete games in two hours. Um, and and gradually we've gotten to the point of three three and a half hours games are are regular. To be back at two and a half now is really intriguing, and I'm I'm very impressed that the changes that they've made have have picked up the pace as much as they have. Maury Brown of Forbes magazine joins us now. Are you as surprised that this has been as successful as it has been, Maury? Well, I think that it's I think that it's uh, I think surprising that the fans have embraced it as much as they have. I thought that there would be a lot of pushback, and the idea that we would have a clock in baseball is pretty jarring right yeah um but overall i think overall um for all the reasons that you mentioned um i I think that it really does um make for you know a better experience and we're starting to see some video clips now i remember this was a while back there that a two-pitch um delivery from zach grinke ran in the total time that it took to run the kentucky derby and i mean that kind of tells you everything right and there's some other stuff. If there's a, a Twitter account called Pitching Ninja that this morning showed that an entire half inning was done basically um, during the time that it took one pitcher to deliver one pitch um, uh, a season or so ago. So look, I mean, it has changed a lot. I mean, it it you know, it you mentioned three and a half, four hour games. I mean, let's get baseball back into baseball as opposed to a lot of dead time. And with the other changes, I think that you're going to see increased action and you're going to see it at a crisper pace. Yeah. Now, that's, that, that said, it is spring training. And there's, yeah, a, different I mean, appro- there's a different approach by teams to, to get pitchers into games, correct? Yeah, I suppose that there is that. But I, I would look, as I've looked at um, the box scores, that in spring training, you actually use quite a few pitchers, right? I mean, your pit, your starter certainly isn't going to be you know stretched out. You're trying to to do that. But um, I think the thing that's telling is, um, you know, it is spring training. And with that, you're going to see a lot of instances where um, some minor league guys are going to go out there and, and maybe be in a little bit longer and that runs are substantial. I mean, we've seen a couple of games that are, uh, you know, 19, 18, 17 runs, and they're still getting in under two and a half hours. So I, I really think that that's, that tells you something that you're going to be able to see more action. You're going to potentially see more runs, but I don't think it's going to come at this, you know, three and a half, four hour pace. I mean, I think the days of the three and a half, four hour Red Sox Yankee tilts are, are probably done. I, I really do. And I mean, you're going to see maybe three hours and 15 minutes, but I, I just don't see it being much longer than that. Is this going to have, do you think this will have any effect on pitchers long-term because they're throwing yeah, that's- pitches in a shorter period of time? Yeah, that that's the prevailing question. Um, now, look, you know, we've we've gotten to the point to where pitchers have to throw to at least three batters, um, but rosters were ex, ex, you know expanded, so we have seen an increased use in in relievers, and I think that that you'll see. I think that will increase. I think that you are going to start to see that sort of thing. You know, it, it is a it is a legitimate question, and I don't know if we're going to have enough information about that. Uh, until we get maybe to the all-star break, right? I mean, that's where seasons start to get made, largely from the all-star break out. Yeah. But, you know, we're, I think we're going to see pitcher fatigue. I, I think that that is p- going to be part of it. 
you know, it's interesting. See bigger bullpens then, bigger rosters in the bullpens. Yeah, I think that we've already started to see it. And we've started to see, you know, the use of, again, of, of much more relievers. This was happening before, though. Um, what's mm-hmm. happened is, of course, we've started to see increased velocity with movement. And I mean, you know, now, you know, we, we've been mowing the days that we, well, you know, what happened to pitchers? I mean, you you mentioned a complete game. Th- those days are largely done mostly because pitchers are throwing so hard. And they are throwing, you know, you're, you're st- uh, right on the edge of a hundred mile an hour slider. And that's pretty amazing in my mind. It really is something. So it is putting, you are already seeing pitchers under a lot of duress and a lot of stress. And that's why we've started to see the quote unquote opener and seeing, you know, the starter only go maybe three or four innings. And before you start to get into the bullpen. The, listen, the Blue Jays uh, were among the, the many teams that limited their starting pitching uh, or their starting pitchers to, as you say, um, you know, three, four, five innings. You know, if they went six, that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. We all grew up in an era where, you know, there were guys that threw 10 complete games in a year, Mm -hmm. and and not just a few of them. There were a lot of them. Now a complete game is, you know, it's not that it won't happen, but it'll happen very, very rarely. And yet what was interesting, I uh, in watching the the Jays' uh, spring training game against the Tigers, they were discussing the Blue Jays' desire to have their starting pitchers go longer, which is counter, I guess, to the theory that, you know, with this pitch clock, it may it may work the other way. Which do you think is more likely? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know if I have the answer for it. I could see it going either way. I really do. I mean, um, if, if there's an ability for this to be more crisp, right, and, you know, you're getting in and out of it, um, that it's there. Look, there are some mechanisms in place, right? You know, pitchers can throw over to first a couple times. You know, there there are some mechanisms to try and um, not make it to where, you know, a guy's arm is going to fall off. But uh, look, I, I, I don't see how you're not going to see a little bit of fatigue in this. So it'll be interesting to watch. I mean, if the Blue Jays honestly do that, um, I think it'll be interesting to see. What, I think the the bigger thing is, you know, here we are in the infancy of this thing in the majors. It's been in the minors for a while. And, you know, they did that for quite a while and used the data, Major League Baseball did, to make this decision. But I don't know if we're going to see the ramifications of it or how who will have the advantage, the pitcher or the batter in this. Max Serger already said that he believes that he's going to have an advantage with the pitch clock and likes it. So, again, you know, I think we're going to start to see, as with any new change to any sport, it's which team um, adapts to it the quickest and which ones take advantage of the situation um, before anybody else. Well, I think what we, we, we want to find out is does um, it, it does throwing more pitches in a shorter period of time create significant fatigue? Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, and, and that's going to be the answer because I know the great many managers would, will not let a pitcher go much over 100 pitches in a game. Well, you know, is the guy is the guy going to be more tired with a hundred pitches in a time frame that's less than what he's used to, or not? And I don't, I don't have any answer to that question. Do you? No, I don't. Um, you know, I, I, I think that it is. I think this may be the, you know, the prevailing question that we have out of this, 
And we're going to, I don't think we're going to get the total data to look at it or make a determination about how it is. Yeah, for Again, it'll take some time. It, it's going to just take some time. Yeah. Well, how, how, how much, how many violations did you see that first weekend? So there are around two, you know, I mean, you know, the uh, two per game, a little bit less. I think it was 1.97, right? You know, rounding. So let's just say two. Yeah. Um, but it is spring training. I mean, the league is, you know, there's no preconceived notion. I mean, the league understands it's going to be messy. That's why they want to get it out of the way now, right? Let's get it out of the way. Or let's be honest. I mean, we're not going to get it out of the way completely in spring training, even with a month's worth of games. But you certainly want to see it out of the way before we get, you know, April, you know, hopefully at May. Are there going to be violations every game or every day? I think that that's probably going to be the case. What you don't want to see is what we already saw very early on, which was a game outcome determined by the pitch mm -hmm. clock. I mean, a batter didn't get into the box in time, and that was the end of the game. And nobody wants to see that. I, mean, I, I, I don't know about you guys. I sure don't. Well, well if there is, are one or two violations per yeah. per game, that doesn't seem that doesn't bother me. Does it bother you? Do you think that's too many? Well, you know, it's a loaded question because it would depend on it when. Depends on when, yeah, I know. Yeah, or what you know what the game situation is. You yeah. know, I I certainly don't want to see a bases loaded, um, you know, pitch clock violation by a pitcher. And, you know, you, you basically issue ball four and somebody walks in and it's a yeah. walk off, you know, kind of, it, I mean, it's just going to depend on the situation. The capacity is there for it to be, you know, pretty different. Um, but I think that by and large, you know, like you said, um, if it's two per game, I, and again, I think it'll be less than that. It's spring training. Yeah. You know, there, everybody's feeling this thing out. I, I think it'll be less than that. Um, you just don't want it in you know, particularly important, you know, game situations. Right. Well, to, to your observations, is it, and you said Scherzer said he has the advantage. Are, are, are you considering that it might be tougher for the batters to adapt? No, I think it could be either way. I mean, you guys, I, I don't know about you. When I watch a football game, right, and you're watching the snap count, and that clock starts to get towards zero, and we we saw this in the Super Bowl, you'll see the defenders, right, they're looking at the clock, and trying to figure whether they can figure the snap and basically get a jump on the line. And so I, I think that you're going to start to see this as it gets down to a certain number or is the batter like going, okay, I, here it comes, you know, I know exactly when it's going to come because the clock's damn near down to zero. But I think that what Scherzer's thinking about is maybe I don't wait. Maybe I will be quick on my delivery in this spot and maybe not so quick here and change it up. I mean, we've seen this, right? We're, we're not going to see this much anymore, but with like these weird hitches with pitchers where they were tapping their foot or whatever it was to throw it off to try and basically, you know, can, Jansen, I think is the best example of this, right? Just that weird, you know, hitch that he had in his pitch to try and throw batters off. And I think that with the clock, you could see, you know, pitchers changing it up on when they decide to deliver. With the other, one of the other, big changes is the increased size of the base, which is intriguing because, okay, it's three inches and it looks a lot bigger. And, you know, I've seen the comparisons on television of the, of the two bases, the old one and the new one, and they're pretty dramatically different. And yet the suggestion is that that'll increase base stealing. Um, maybe it increases the amount of bases you try and steal, 
But do you think you think we're going to see more steals? Well, I think we'll see more attempts, like you said. Yeah. I don't know whether I don't know whether. So the distance looks to be about four and a half inches between first and second, and second and third now that are shorter. Okay. When you when you start to go, uh, the way I look at it now is that it's in combination of of three things, right? There's the bat the the base size. There is the um, limited number of throws to first right. to hold a runner. And then there is the the elimination of radical shifts. And so I think you will see more hit and runs. I think that the you'll see more um, steal attempts. I think that this will place um, more pressure on um, fielders. Namely, I think from uh, you're going to start to see more throws from right to third. I think that you'll see guys try to stretch um, going from first to third. And we'll get some of those iconic throws, right? If you've got guys, it'll place more arm strength, um, accuracy, and getting to the ball faster. So, you know, I and you guys are probably remember, obviously, Clemente or Vladimir Guerrero Sr. or Ichiro with these, you know, throws from right field to third for outs. And that's pretty dramatic. And I think that that's great. You know, if we get to more station-to-station baseball, uh, I'm not opposed to that. I'd kind of like to see that. Um, Do you notice the difference in the pads? Yeah, somewhat. I mean, I you know, not that it's like, you know, I sit there and it's like completely overwhelming. I mean, it's obvious that they're bigger. Um, I think that the leads will be a little bit more. The one thing, the other thing that I think is important is um, on those throws back over to first from the pitchers, right, pickoff attempts, since the base itself is bigger, the ability for the the runner to jump to the outside of the base, right, to dive in and put his hand to the base is going to be easier. So I think pickoffs to first um, on top of, you know, the fact that you only have a couple to throw over, I think you'll see less guys thrown out on these pickoffs from the pitchers. So, I mean, it's just going to change the dynamic of it. The idea, of course, is um, more action. And, again, I think that when you put all these things in tandem, it, it should have that effect, at least theoretically it looks like it yeah anytime there is there is a change you know a structural change like we've seen with this year with baseball those of us who have been around a while are uh, more likely i think to oppose those changes because we don't want to see the game change much Mm -hmm. you know we've been watching it our entire lives played one way and yet i must tell you that the rule changes this year have not bothered me in any way and uh and actually i like i like what i'm seeing I love the idea of the shortstop having to play on on the left side of, of second base and second baseman stay on the right side. You know, the shift was abnormal to me. Um, and increased base stealing. Uh, I grew, you know, we grew up with with guys who could steal bases: Maury Wills, Lou Brock, uh, Ricky Henderson. You know, that was an exciting play, and it's it's almost it's I wouldn't say it's it became absent in baseball, but it was a rarity. When it happened, and and great base, have we had a great base dealer in the last twenty years? Not statistically. You yeah, I mean, ones, I think. But yeah, I think we look at guys like you know maybe Billy Hamilton or you know, you know, but are are they you know clearly we're not going to get into Ricky Henderson t- discussions, right? No. Um. It it it, you know it it does not bother me. I get people that are like, I don't like change. You know, it's baseball. Don't mess with it. And I'm one of those um, guys, but I like these rule changes. But, you know, but um, if you think about it, right, 
maybe it's only in the recent history, and I think social media really accelerates this, right? You get to hear about it more from fans where before it was just, you know, if you talk to your buddy on the phone or whatever it was, right? Yeah. Now everybody, you know, now it's a lot more visible. But look, I mean, we we saw, you know, the mound height change. We saw the strike zone change. You know, the over the history of the game, there's been considerable change to the game. And it's only recently that it's really been stuck. And, it, you know, the changes, I would say this, the changes in general for the fan that goes to the game, it might not matter much, right? You're like, I just go for the experience and I'm hanging with friends and drinking beer, you know, and just hanging out and socializing. I mean, that's part of baseball's fabric is the social aspect of it because of its pace. For television, it's entirely different. And you're in a place now with television where if you don't have something compelling to watch, people are going to go away. And I just get back to this, you know, if if things were still in the space that we are in now, which is two and a half hour games, nice, crisp, you know, delivery, you know, I go watch games with Bob Gibson, right? And it's just like, boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, you know, again, it's it's where it slid that required this, if there had not been the slide to these, you know, increasing lengths of these games and the pace just being doggedly slow, then I don't think that the league would have put some of this stuff in place. Certainly the pitch clock, I don't think would have been there. Now, look, could we have said the umpire should have enforced the rules that were there to begin with? Yeah. You know, I, I can't argue with that. Um, but they have it maybe because umpires are trying to worry about balls and strikes or whatever it is, but um, we're here I mean, it's not going away for a while, uh, you know, if ever. Well, a question for me now becomes, um, you know, cause it's been said for some period of time that baseball has lost a significant number of younger viewers mm -hmm. and maybe in part because, you know, we live in a society where you want immediate reaction and, and there's truth in that. And a three and a half hour baseball game will put your feet to sleep. I wonder yeah. if a two and a half hour game will will bring some of those fans. I don't I hesitate to say back to the game, but to the game. And I'd have to say there's reason to believe it might. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I really do. Um, look, you know, I don't like the idea that we're you know an instant gratification society. You know, it bothers me. Um, I do understand that. Um, you're not going to survive very long if your entire fan base is 55 and over. I mean, you just can't live and die by that. And I use the word die in there because that's part of the equation, right? And sadly. Um, so look, um, they, of course, want to attract a younger audience. You don't want to see um, fans going over to um, other sports. Um, you know, baseball used to be the quote-unquote national pastime and Let's be honest, it's not anymore. Um, you know, football has largely taken over that space, and football has taken over that space for a few reasons, one of which is that um, you know pretty much when it's going to start and end. Now, we don't, we're not going to have that in baseball, at least I hope not in my lifetime, where we're going, you know what, at nine innings, we get into a home run derby after that to determine game outcome. You know, we get into shootouts, right? You know, it's similar to the shootout in hockey. I, I would hope that we would not get into that. I don't like the ghost runner thing. I understand they're trying to shorten games up that way. Um, I just, you know, I understand trying to keep games shorter that way. I don't like the method that they're using. But again, it, you know, a younger audience, you know, I don't think it hurts. Anecdotally, already, 
and talking to people that I know that are largely basketball fans, they're intrigued by this. They're like, they were interested in it and turned on some spring training games. And they're like, Hey, this is actually something I can stick around for. You know, uh, what team should I root for? I, I literally had that conversation the other day. Now, look, it's again, anecdotal. I don't, you know, is sure. it going to be everybody? Of course not. But it was something that I wasn't hearing in years past. And I think that that's something that's telling. Well, I, I think you have to look at uh, what other sports uh, particularly in North America that they've come on. I mean, you know, we look at MLS, MLS and, you know, whether you're live in Portland or live in Vancouver or St. Louis or wherever there are new teams coming in two hour game, you know, the world cup of soccer, two hour game, you know, that it's going to happen. And that's really something that makes it easier to, to buy into, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it certainly does. I, 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 um, I think I look at it this, you know, this is going to sound like I'm talking out both sides of my mouth. Um, if games are longer and there's more action, well, then it's more of a good thing. So if it's a three hour and 30 minute game, right. And we haven't had that yet. We haven't even come close. The longest game so far has been three hours and 10 minutes. Um, I don't have a problem with it. More of a good thing is a good thing. Give me that. What I don't want is a bunch of dead time. You know, guys stepping out of the box every five seconds, you know, walking around the back of the mound, you know, throwing over to first a bazillion times, you know, you know, that's not action. That's not baseball. That's lulls in between baseball. So right. um, I, I, I want to see that. I wouldn't have a problem with longer games in and of itself. I, I just want to see more action. Um, I think we'll still have pitcher duels. You know, let's not get crazy and say, you know, games are going to start to be, you know, 20 runs per team affairs, right? 40 runs total. I don't see that. I don't want that, but I do want something that's more balanced. Pitchers have had an advantage recently. And uh, I think that all these changes are going to, again, make for more offense. Where you do you think the umpires union is in all this, Maury? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I haven't talked to anybody. I'm sure they don't like it very much um they again they're the control is coming out of their hands uh in a lot of ways there there's a buzzer apparently there's a buzzer in their pocket for the right. clock so that they can concentrate on balls and strikes now look i mean in the future automated strike zone i wouldn't be surprised if that's coming out I, I mean i don't i'm sure they don't like where the progress is heading it is you know for you know using the term i think it's neutering umpires as we remember them Right. But again, I, you know, I think with technology, we've seen uh, now that there's a K zone and you can see where the ball is. And we have a lot of questions about guys like, you know, Angel Hernandez or CB Buckner or whoever the umpire is of, of behind the plate. If, if, you know, uh, to me, I don't have a problem with it widening. Um, I do have a problem when it's inconsistent. And that I think is something that fans are more aware of now. You mentioned earlier uh, that you don't like extra innings the way they're played right now with the runner designated to go to the second base. And I tend to agree with you. I mean, I have very fond memories of, of baseball when I was younger and many of them are of long extra inning games, you know, long nights at the ballpark. Mm -hmm. Now that we have brought projectedly the length of a baseball game down to two and a half hours, do you think we might see a return to extra innings as we saw them most of our lives? Yeah. You know, I don't know uh, the thing that, and I don't have the date in front of me, but and I watch quite a few games. I mean, I watch, I don't know about 200 yeah, yeah. of them a year. And what it looks to me is, 
even when you put the runner on, you're still going into, you know, you're not getting out of, you know, basically the top of the, you know, or the bottom of the 10th. You just, runners tend to score, you know, from second pretty easily. So, you know, does it shorten them up? Do, are we getting, are we going to have 18 inning marathons? You know, I, I don't know. Um, again, though, I think that it's interesting to note that I think baseball understands there's a reason there's so many games and it's largely for the owners. And it's just this, you know, it, people go, they get their rhythm going, they want to go to games. So they're willing to shorten them up um, to try and, you know, get things to scoot along. You notice they're not doing this for the postseason. And the idea there, of course, yeah. is that in the postseason, people are invested. They're going to watch. Mm -hmm. They're going to stick with it because there's so much drama involved in it. Um, but again, I don't like it. I, I But again, you know, is 13 or 14 innings okay? Are we going to see those? Sure. Uh, I think we'll continue to see them. Are we going to get into, you know, 18, 20, you know, crazy stuff like we've maybe seen in the past? Probably I not. Don't, yeah, probably not. I mean, I, I do get into the, hey, late night games and I'm on social media. I, I love it. I'm like, give me the chaos. Wait till the sun comes up. I'm willing to sit there and, you know, drink my coffee and lose my mind. Exactly. You know, just because it's so crazy, right? How many position players are going to pitch? You know, when do we get to that craziness? But, you know, is that, you know, do I want that to be the norm? No. I well, mean, of course not, but it won't be the norm. It's never been the norm. No. The, que the question for baseball is, and you guys have both touched on it, is is there has, has there been too much change? You know, it, it, could it have been more gradual? I probably and, would know, have said the, yes before. Between but the base now... pads and uh, between the base pads, the shift and the and the clock, is that too much? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. It really is. Um, I I think you know the the base pads were done for a couple of reasons. I mean. I think that it, you know, the fact that it added offense, but the big thing was you guys, I'm sure have noticed, you know, the salaries are pretty high and they're largely by annual pay, right? Your average, average annual value, it goes, you know, it, it's pretty doggone high. What you don't want are a bunch of collisions. And I hate to say that we've gotten to that, but look, we've seen it across all sports. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, the NFL or, or you know, CFL football is a little bit different. I mean, you're talking about people's brains being mashed. And so, but we are trying to minimize collisions in all the sports, um, you know. So, again, um, I understand, you know, how it is, why it was done. I mean, the shift had gotten to the point when batting averages have just plummeted. I mean, my gosh, you're excited now if a guy's hitting 200. And that, again, to me, is just boring. You know, these weekly grounded balls into the shift, you know, and it's just, you know, that, that to me is is fairly boring. You know, if it's a pitcher's duel, great. But if it's one once again, you know, I and I've already seen it. We're back to the days where there's athleticism at short and second. And, you know, guys ranging to the ball and leaping for the ball. And that's exciting. And that's the stuff that makes the highlight reels. Right. And that's what I want to see. It's all of it in combination, and whether it was too much or too little, um, I guess from for change sake, you could say maybe it was too much. Um, but for what the overall effect is, I I, I think it's going to be good. Yeah, me too. Uh, listen, we got to take a break real quick. Maury Brown of Forbes Magazine is uh, with us. Uh, we'll continue our discussion about baseball after this.
When was the last time everyone agreed on what's for dinner? You want Chinese food, they want pizza, and someone is always craving froyo. Well, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. Ordering is easy. Open up the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with our default contactless delivery setting. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BOBCAST23. That's 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BOBCAST23. Don't forget, that's code BOBCAST23 for 25% off of your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. McCown and Shannon, we're back with you. Maury Brown of Forbes Magazine is with us. I want to talk about something we haven't talked about in, in quite a while, and I'm not sure that Major League Baseball is really talking about it. I guess they always are talking about it, but there's no serious discussion about expansion. And yet, mm-hmm. this it seems logical that this league, uh, Major League Baseball, would get to 32 teams, in my mind, get to 32 teams as quickly as possible. And yet, the cost of doing that is probably approaching uh, in this day and age five billion dollars when you're paying an expansion fee plus building a stadium and mm-hmm. stadia now are tend to be destination places so there's lots of other things around the stadium whether it's hotels or restaurants etc 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 but you've got a bunch of cities that I think we would all agree including the one you're in right now Portland Oregon probably could support a major league baseball team do you agree and and are we are we are we getting close to having this expansion discussion seriously in the next few years what do you think yeah i so there's it's kind of a two-part thing um are there markets that could support it um i believe so um are the costs making it difficult to try and cobble the money together absolutely um I think the bigger problem is something that's accelerated recently and is really going to impact major league baseball is the collapse of the regional sports networks. Right. And the fact that there it's really going to make um, the, not only the amount of money that's going to come in, but um, the consistency of it. Right. I mean, a television deal, you lock it in for five or 10 years and now you're right. not going to have that. And that I think is going to make the other, you know, the current owners sit there and go, do we really want to expand? Because when you do that, you're talking about um, chewing into the um, the revenue pie, the central revenue pie, everything that goes along with it. So I think that um, if, if you talk to Rob Manfred, and then I have many times about this, he honestly will tell you straight up that he sees baseball as a growth industry. He wants to see expansion at some point, that there are ways to do it. Um, but he has to get, you know, right. 75% of the owners have to agree to any of these things. And you maybe you can do it one and then another, but ultimately you're trying to do two, one in the Pacific time zone and one in the Eastern time zone. And when that happens, guys, I, I, it's going to be pretty, uh, you know, you, we're, we're talking about change. You want to talk about change. We've It's quietly been happening and we haven't really even noticed. It happened and we weren't paying attention. With the universal DH and now the balanced schedule with everybody playing everybody, 
you're right. starting to look more like we could do radical realignment, regional realignment. And that would shave down travel. You would do eight divisions of four. And, you know, with, again, it reminds me a lot of, you know, you know, speaking to, for the NFL, you know, the AFL, you know, when you look at how that is and where it is, nobody pays attention to that stuff. And you don't even in the NBA anymore, you know, conference play, you know, at first right. seating is about it. So again, I think that you will see it, but I, I, I'm going to say it's going to be another maybe decade out. I just, this whole TV thing is really upending things right now. And there was already some discussion before things started to accelerate with this stuff. Right. Can you put it in context when when you say that regional monies, because we, we've talked about it with a few of our guests about what's happening with the uh, with Diamond Sports and Bally, and mm -hmm. now the now 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 Warner Brothers, the the Time Warner stuff is is going to affect a couple of hockey teams. How much money are we talking about for baseball teams? Do you think? Well, I mean, just today um, it was mentioned that the Pirates get about $60 million a year, which is the very bottom of it. The Dodgers get around $334 million a year. I mean, it's a staggering amount of money, right? And it's consistent. Yeah. And the days of that are over. I mean, guys, I just don't see it. Um, it's just the ability for the amount of subscribers that are leaving traditional television and going to all of these, you know, streaming services, everything's become so fragmented that the ability to cobble the amount of money that you get from the subscriber base is just isn't there. So I, I think it's going to, everybody's going to get a hit. Some will get hit worse than others. Right. And that is where this disparity comes in for baseball they've created this economic reform committee. Now this is, you know, raised the hair on the back of the neck of the players association, because they read that as owners going after a salary cap when the labor deal ends. But I, I think it's bigger than that. I think that they will have to increase the amount of centralized money that comes in. They'll have to increase revenue sharing. Now, again, that's something that has to be done and negotiated with the players, but I, I the, it, it's just not going to be the same anymore. And it's just, we're there. The, the, the um, Diamond Valley Sports, that one, that big one collapsing is really the domino for everything. When you put that with the Warner Brothers Discovery stuff, the AT&T Sports mm -hmm. Networks, when you put those all together, that's two-thirds of Major League Baseball. I mean, that's, you know, you might as well go a whole hog at that point, right? I mean, it's just such a substantial impact that I, I think we are seeing a, a significant change in how media is going to be uh, right now, right here and now. It's just, I think, historic. Hasn't there been an opportunity created for MLB to take in-house regional sports deals? They're going to yeah. have to. In other They're words, MLB to, themselves. But... Yeah, well, I think they, they will have to, but it might be an economic boom. Listen, Major League Baseball has done a tremendous job of generating revenue where you wouldn't have expected it, you know, more than any other league. I just wonder whether there, MLB forms its own regional sports networks and, well, and operates themselves. Well, that's exactly what's going to happen, guys. I mean, it won't be their own regional sports network, but here's what they're going to do. They're going to go uh, when the minute um, that Chapter 11 filing happens, and they're already in the midst of doing this with the three – um, AT&T Sports Network ones that mm -hmm. basically um, do for the Pirates, Astros, and Rockies. They're going to take those rights over. 
and they'll go direct to consumer. They already have the streaming. They're so good at sure. it, right? I mean, I mean, when you're so good at something that you fire up another country a company and then sell it to Disney, you know, for mm-hmm. billions, you know, I mean, that that's how good they are. Yeah. So they will be that there, and they just today it was you know came out that um, they're starting a local you know basically media department. And they brought in executives from Sinclair and other places. So this is exactly what's going to happen. You're going to have a direct-to-consumer piece that will be streaming. Then they're going to go shop rights directly to your DirecTVs and your, you know, Rogers and whoever else, right? They'll go shop that stuff for traditional TV because they're still, you know, it's still out there. The one thing that's important is out of all this, the blackouts are going to go away. And thank heavens for that i mean it's the yeah. worst i've never seen any other thing right where you limit your product to consumers now they see that as an opportunity to maximize they're going to want to reach everybody because they're going to have to now will they are they really good at it and are they making a lot of money at it yeah but i mean it's not the same as the television stuff i mean it is going to go down will they cut some costs maybe by cutting out the middleman yeah maybe um but I think that baseball is in a better position than the other sports. And they're just so good at the streaming thing that um, they'll do that. They're going to use um, MLB network for production. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're already there. I mean, I talk to league officials. They're, they're there now they're, they're ready when it happens. And, and they've been priming for this for a while. Um, I want to go back for just at least a second to uh, expansion. Um, Oakland has been sniffing around Vegas probably for years but I know that they they actually Oakland people were in Las Vegas not so long ago, taking a look around. Who knows where that that's going? And Tampa Bay is still trying to figure things out. You know, there's a Montreal connection. Is there a you know an East Tampa place that they could do a stadium deal? Who knows where they're at? But do you think that expansion is kind of being backseated until? Oakland and Tampa Bay figure out their situations because both of them have big problems. Yeah, absolutely, though. I mean, Manfred said this, you know, until those issues are resolved. Now, Tampa Bay suddenly seems like they got it figured out. They didn't get what they wanted, but they're going to get what they want, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, It looks like they're going to develop the minute the lease is finally expired on the Tropicana side, though. When is that? Blow up. Do you remember? Um, I. You know, I don't have it off the top of my head. I know that it's fairly soon, you know, within five years. I was going to say uh, they'll blow up. Yeah, uh, yeah, or something like that. So they'll they'll go ahead, they'll blow up the trop. They'll build a new, and this is interesting. They're not going to do a retractable roof. They'll build another dome stadium, which I'm like, eh, I'm not too excited about that. I mean, to me, it's baseball. It should be played in open air. But they'll, something that's better, you know, I. You don't I, live in just, Tampa. You <laughs> You I, don't have that humidity where you live. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, the ability to have at least open every once in a while would be nice. Um, I, you know, I, I guess something they're going to make something that looks. I had somebody describe um, Tropicana Field as a fluted cow pie, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but, uh, you know, so I think that that's going to happen. Oakland's a little bit different. Um, the problem for Oakland is they really want to do uh, ancillary development around it. And this is where everybody's going. You know, it doesn't count sure. on uh, baseball books. 
but the owners benefit from it and they benefit from everybody walking up and going to the shops and going to the restaurants and whatever they have there. Um, if Las Vegas, right, is already maxed out, you know, they spent, you know, they, they've got the Knights got in there first. They spent a pretty penny to basically get the Raiders in there. Uh, are they going to do it again for baseball? I don't know. I mean, they're not going to get them as much money as they want. And then Oakland's kind of in the same position. So that one continues to kind of hobble along. And until, you know, I, I keep saying this, and I don't understand why, you know, owners that have exceptional wealth, at least net worth, why there isn't more um, private component to it than public. And that's what's holding it up. They want more public than private out of it. Come on, Maury. Look at what's happening in Nashville. Look at yeah. that new football stadium that, you know, let's face it, Nashville's a, uh, it's a, it's an attraction as itself as a city. So you tack 1% onto the hotels and you get, you know, you got a $2 billion stadium and you, you there's a billion dollars paid for by out-of-towners. It's, it's and just, Nashville it's, is a target for Major League Baseball expansion well, too. That's right. I mean, it's just so a natural thing to happen. It is, it, and the, it, I think that we have need to be careful here because um, you can do that in in uh, in a vacuum, right, or in markets, right. So Nashville is on the way up, right. I mean, they're they're looking to basically um, increase their national um, footprint. Um, mm -hmm. Vegas is maxed out in this area. I mean, they just like how much more can you do? I suppose you can do that, right? As a as a tourism, it's driven off tourism. Uh, but it is what, you know, I think the problem or the, not the problem, the challenge for a lot of places, obviously, is um, they'll leagues will go, well, if Nashville will do it, why won't you? And they're just not all in the same boat. And, you know, some places are just not going to do it. Um, I live in a city that's really stingy on that sort of stuff. And so that does become a problem. You are going to wind up seeing, you know, some markets where. Um, if there isn't more of a private component to it, it may not happen. And we have seen it, you know, you know, some places will do it, others won't. Um, and I think that that is a continuing um, discussion that's going to just continue to go on. Obviously, you know, stadium lives continue to shrink. I mean, the Rangers, Texas Rangers, were less than 20 years in their ball bar. They just blew it up and built a new one. So that's what, you know, we're kind of looking at now. Well, there's no shortage of cities that would like Major League Baseball. I wonder if you think we will, in our lifetime, will we see a team in Mexico City? Yeah, it's a great question. The Manfred and I had an, had a discussion about this about five or six years ago. Um, they put an office there. They're exploring it. Um, you know, it would be wild. I mean, if we've got to have a humidor for, um, you know, Coors Field, what are we going to have to do in Mexico City with the elevation um, there's, you know, again, we see this obviously with the Canadian teams, uh, they players have to be paid in American dollars. So there's exchange rate, but sure. They would love it. I mean, and that's the thing, all these leagues, right. They've got a big thing for going international. And I think baseball has uh, a good position for that. Uh, we're going to see it in the world baseball classic. And you want to talk about excited fan bases, man. When you look at the Dominican Republic, or you look at Mexico sure. and you look at it, it's, you know, it's kind of a shame. It makes us, it makes North America look bad, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, look how excited they are about baseball. Why can't we be like that? And uh, so I think that that's an alluring thing for 
uh, Major League Baseball to look at. Again, though, it's you know there's a lot of uh, economics involved in it. Before we let you go, what's your interest in the WBC? It's high, uh, yeah. mostly for the reason that I just mentioned. I find it really exciting. You know, it it is a, you know if you want to say it's a true World Series, you're getting to that. Um, we can't due to the fact that the Olympics. Um, happened during the baseball season. You're not going to see it there. This is basically your Olympics, right? And, and so um, I do enjoy it. I'm glad that the players association and the league have been able to do this thing on an ongoing basis. Um, I, I look forward to it. I, I do think it's really exciting when we get to the final rounds. It's just, it, it's compelling sports. Uh, do you know, are we going to see uh, the new rules that are in major league baseball used during the world classic? No. I don't believe so. I, I don't. Um, and, but I, you know, again, I haven't heard guys, you know, I, I, I would expect by now um, you would have, and I don't, I, right now I'm going to say, no, we're not going to see it. That'll be interesting to watch and and see what baseball um, yeah, when players come, like. Well, when players come back, I mean, that's sure, going right? to be the interesting thing, right? So yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, we got to get out of here. Uh, it's great to talk to you. Uh, thank you very much for taking some time for us. We hope it won't be uh, as long the next time we chat. Thank you, Maury. All right, guys. You take care. Thanks so much for having me. Have a great day. That's Maury Brown of uh, Forbes Magazine in Portland, Oregon. We'll be back in a moment. The Bob McCowan Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or even becoming a parent. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. The therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and teaching you productive coping skills. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash bobcast. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bobcast. And we are back. Our thanks again to uh, Maury Brown of Forbes for uh, joining us. Uh, you know, the expansion thing is something I'm, I, I have a great deal of interest in. And maybe I shouldn't, but I just think it's inevitable. And uh, they got, but they got to solve the problems with Oakland and, uh, and Tampa Bay. Yeah. I was shocked to hear Maury say 10 years. That, that, I, I figured for sure it would be before that particularly when you you hear like you hear these rumblings and we touched on nashville we hear these rumblings about nashville being aggressive portland has always been aggressive um and then you know the vegas and montreal yep so 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 what do you do well in mexico city there's 20 million when he said a decade 20 million people in mexico city and there and there are a lot of baseball fans i mean I'd invest in that franchise. I got to tell you. Let me ask you this: Would if you had, you know, two billion dollars, yeah. would you would you put that to a major league baseball team in Mexico City or an NFL team in Mexico City? 
That's a great question. I don't know how what the following for NFL oh, is in Mexico City. Or they 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 played a game at Azteca Stadium this year, sold it out, right? Yeah, sold it out. They play and NFL playing in England. England and they sell out too. Well, so so well, I, I mean, we've heard there? stories over the years of of the. I don't of, know. Why I, not? Why not? But would you baseball. rather have a base, baseball team or baseball. a football team in Mexico City? Because I think historically. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of a lot of Mexicans who play in Major League Baseball. Um, I think people, uh, mm-hmm. it's it, it is not the main sport there. Soccer is, but it's a probably a close second. Baseball in Mex in Mexico is is a big deal. Uh, I think you'd be you'd do gangbusters there. The only question I would have would be the economy, because you, you can't oh, Mexico Mexico. So there's lots of money in Mexico. I get it, but you know you can't go to a baseball game for two dollars anymore. No, but it, but here's the other thing, and this is this is one of the great secrets that the Toronto Blue Jays have is Canada, with its 36 or 37 million people, is the largest local market in Major League Baseball. I know they talk about that all the time. It it it, it is a factor. TV ratings, marketing, every aspect. You know, Toronto has such a such a financial advantage over a lot of teams. Mexico, if Mexico City got a team, Mexico, 90 million people. There you go. In a regional margin market. And it would it would do gangbusters. It would do gangbusters in the NFL too. But I would baseball I would invest in it, that it is, in a minute. It, yeah. That, that's a really good one. I, I, you know, we, we've heard, all, as I said, over the years, we've heard about NFL saying, well, we're going to go to Mexico City and go to London. And it, to me, you know, the travel is still an issue to, to London. But Mexico City with baseball makes a ton of sense and a ton of sense for the NFL as well. So I wouldn't be surprised in our lifetime that we see two teams in that city at that point. Well, that's a question. Like, could you do, would you do an NFL team and a baseball team in there well, I, in a probably, short period of time? We look, don't we don't understand how big Mexico City is. Well, I know it's but, bigger. It's but bigger you look than at New Vegas. York. It's big. It, no, but it's had, bigger than New York. It's bigger than Tokyo. Las Vegas five years ago had no professional sports teams, and now they have two. And I assume that both of them. I know the hockey team is successful. I assume the football team is successful oh, too. Sure, it is. Absolutely. So, it, it, but Mexico well, I, City. I still I, like I to be know, the that, first. Yeah, I know. I, baseball or football? That's an interesting question in Mexico City for me. So Baseball. No question. I think I'd go with the football. Okay. You own the football team. I'll own the baseball team. Good, <laughs> okay. good luck to you. Yeah. I'd just like to be there be ahead, ahead of you. Uh, we got to get out of here. Time is our enemy. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.